Hey there parents, today we're in week number two of our survival guide for parenting series. And this is a topic some of you are gonna love as a parent and some of you are gonna hate it. Yeah, you know, some parents, this might challenge you that think that being your kid's friend is the best thing you could do. This might challenge your view that sometimes, it's not that you're not their friend, but you definitely have to be a disciplinarian. We're in the survival guide for parenting and principle number two is to discipline with love. See, there's an ancient parenting paradox. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. This comes from Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. It was written thousands of years ago, and here's what it says. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Yeah, when you think about it, discipline is one of those things that you need to be thoughtful and you need to be strategic in how you go about it. So a parent who doesn't have any desire to shape their kids or to prepare them for the future might say, just do what you want. Just write your own rules and, and go with it. Hopefully you don't get hurt. But for parents who recognize that their job is, I need to shape my child. They need to understand how the world works. I need to prepare them for the world by teaching them consequences for good and bad behavior. So as a disciplinarian then, if you love your kids, you take the time and the energy and the forethought to plan out and to be strategic in how you discipline your kids. That you don't do it in anger, you don't make rash decisions, that you really are strategic and thoughtful and godly in the approach. And that's because contrary to popular opinion, there really is such a thing as right and wrong. I know our culture would argue this point, but the Bible teaches that it's the parent's job to teach right and wrong in the home. Let's go back to what we looked at last week, the Ten Commandments. Remember those first four commandments were about loving God, and the last five commandments were about loving people, and that fifth commandment was spoken directly to children, directly into the family unit. It's sort of the transitional commandment. Now think about these Ten Commandments as one of the earliest examples of a list of right and wrong. It's almost like God was saying to his children, hey, I want you to learn to discern right from wrong. I want you to learn to be obedient to the stuff that's good and appropriate and right. And I want you to learn how to reject the stuff that's wrong. And then he told the parents essentially to teach this kind of stuff to their children. How different is our culture today? Our culture today says there's not right, there's not wrong. Kids, follow your heart. Do whatever you want to do. But this is not the message of godly parents to their children. If you want to raise your kids according to a biblical standard, you need to teach right and wrong. And that's why we see in Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, direct your children onto the right path and when they're older, they will not leave it. So there's this idea, parents, that our job is to direct our kids on the right path, to teach them right and wrong. And so as they learn and grow in our home and understand that, then when they're old and in their own home, they understand how the world works, what honors God, what doesn't honor God. And I think it's important for us to remember that our kids, the last thing that develops in their brain is the decision-making part of the brain. That doesn't happen until your early 20s. So if we leave our kids to their own devices, if we say, oh, our kids will figure it out, I don't need to discipline them, I don't need to teach them, they'll figure it out. 
We're just sorely mistaken in setting ourselves and our kids up for failure. They need us to teach them how to make good decisions by understanding what's right and wrong. And the way to do that is through consequences, through loving discipline. Because here's the thing, loving discipline turns your child's heart toward God. First, they learn to honor you, and then later, they'll learn to honor God. This is sort of a corollary to the fundamental law of parenting. Healthy parents transfer ownership of their kids' lives from parent to child through the ongoing process of maturity. So that looks something like this. At first, the parent takes most of the ownership for the child's life, but over time, the parent teaches the child to take ownership of their own life. And you can't teach children this principle without disciplining them. It's almost like the parent is a stand-in for God's authority early on in the child's life. And over time, the parent has to step away and the child is going to be directly accountable to God himself. Now, the Bible says that no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And this passage isn't only about our children. It's actually spoken to adults. But the principle applies to everyone, young and old. Now, we want to finish with something real practical. We call them the three C's of loving discipline that's going to help you to be strategic in the way you discipline your kids. So the first one is be clear. Establish very clear rules and consequences for when those rules are broken. So that's the first strategy, parents. When you're thinking about how does discipline look in the home, the first thing is you, as your, you and your spouse, or if you're a single parent, you need to make a decision at the age of your kids what are the rules? What do I want to teach them at the age that they are? Some responsibility, how they speak to you, how they treat others, how they share. Come up with some family rules in the home and then be very clear about if you break that rule, if you're disrespectful, then here's the consequence. The second one is be consistent. You have to follow through every single time. This is where parents, when we talk about the training, when we talk about directing our kids on the right path, this is where the loving discipline comes in because it takes a lot of effort as the parent to be consistent, to follow through. So if your kid breaks a rule, then you have to give them the consequence every single time, especially when they're really young. If we give an inch, they're gonna take a mile, right? So every single time a kid breaks the rule, you have to be consistent and giving the consequence. And the last one is that it's corrective. And what we mean by that is make sure that it lovingly hurts. And here's what we mean. I'm not talking even just about a physical form of discipline. It can be taking a phone away or, or removing the freedom to play a video game or watching TV or YouTube. But when you create clear rules in the home, then the consequence for when they break it has to hurt them enough that it's motivating for them to not want to break the rule. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the way discipline then shapes your kids and how they learn the right and wrong is they learn, I don't want the consequence if I break that rule. So I'm going to avoid making that bad decision. So those are the three C's of loving discipline. And that's it for parenting principle number two, discipline with love.